Good morning, everyone, or whatever it is where you're from. This is the Benchcast with Coach Ben, and I got Elvis here. He's handling, we're on Instagram Live right now. Uh, we got viewers coming in here. We got listeners here. This is the first episode of the Benchcast. My goal with this podcast here is going to be, I want to keep it 25, 45 minutes a morning commute type of listen and write something that you don't have to sit down for three hours and learn about bench pressing. All right, I want to keep it a nice, simple listen for you guys. We're going to shoot the shit. Coach Ben here shooting some shit. Doesn't have to be always training related. We're going to answer a lot of questions. We're going to hit on a lot of topics and we're going to have a lot of fun. All right, so make sure you go to the Big Benches YouTube channel if you haven't. Uh, subscribe to that as well. You can see the actual video of the podcast. And also, please, too, wherever you're listening from, please leave a short review of the podcast. Give it a five-star rating. That always helps. So today, what are we talking about, Elvis? We're talking about training mistakes. The biggest training mistakes. The biggest training mistakes you have made and how you have learned from them. Now, we're trying to help people today learn how to uh, avoid these mistakes that we've all made. Uh, we have some user comments on our Instagram, at Big Benches, that we're going to touch on as well. And Elvis, you can bring that up in uh, yours there. Uh, we are going to you know, take a look at those comments and see what people are saying. I got a few. I got a few to kick it off. Elvis, you have anything that comes out in mind here? Just stuff about deadlifting. Stuff about deadlifting. Yep. We're, let's get it out of the way. We don't like deadlifts here. Let's get it out of the way. <laughs> All right. My so big... We're big Bench is HQ. This is the Bench Haven. All right. Let's listen about deadlifts. What do we got? My biggest training mistake was taking a conventional deadlift approach to my sumo deadlift. All right. That's a common one. That's Awful. a common one. Usually what that turns out looking like is a dog shitting in the woods. A dog shitting in the woods, or in my case, a broken back for about three weeks. What happened with your back? Oh, man, I had a low back tweak. It just didn't go away. I had three weeks out of commission. It was, it was bad. It was no good. I had a lot of those myself pulling, uh, pulling conventional. Short arm bastard over here trying to reach down to the bar. Uh, and I've, I've had my fair share. And I'm actually, it's one of the things I wanted to touch on is maxing out too often. That's actually the first thing I wanted to touch on. Probably the biggest training mistake you make early on in your training career is is trying to test your max too often. And uh, that was something I used to do. I remember um, deadlifting LA Fitness, stiff bar, um, you know, the, the weights are octagonal, whatever the hell you want to call them. And uh, they just wouldn't stay, well they would stay put, they wouldn't roll, so they'd be moving all over if you hit the corner. But I would go in there, I would max out every week. Because I figured, you know, if I can hit 350 this week, I can hit 370 the next week. Um, that's a quick way to hurt your back a lot, as I found out. Uh, you, will, you will encounter your fair share of back injuries doing that. Um, you know, was that your, your scenario? Were you trying to max out, or was it just was, the bar got away on you? Just, uh, it, it was bad, just because I, I, I had hurt my hip, and conventional deadlifts was not happening that week, so I'm like, all right, let's do a little sumo, let's have a little form work. Did not turn into that. But the worst part about... Oh, so you tried sumo. 
I tried sumo, yeah. For the first time, and it was too conventional. It, it was too and conventional. You pulled your back. Pulled my back. That's that's usually what happens. But the worst part about these linear progression programs that beginners go on, they think they can max out every week. So they just throw, they don't know how much weight to throw on week to week. Usually it's between 5 to 10 pounds, maybe even 2.5, maybe even a 1. But people try to throw on to do more orders time. every time. That's yeah. a quick way to injure it. Yeah, and uh, you know, I think too, people starting off, you, know, you make such quick progress, they call it the newbie gains, and... You know, you're used to making very quick progress on a week-to-week basis. It's possible, and I, I was for a while, I was up in my deadlift on a weekly basis, um, you know, maxing out every week. And at first, you will be able to do that. Not that it's good to do it that way, but you will be able to up your max on a weekly basis for a short, for a short term, about maybe a month, if that. Maybe you get away with that. But then you're going to start beating yourself up, getting fatigued. And I think that's when people fall into that trap. They think um, that's going to last forever. Maybe they're not educated on it. And that's what we're here for. You're listening to the bench cast. We're talking a little deadlifts on the bench cast. And, um, for the first and probably the only time on the bench yeah. cast. <laughs> the only time we will talk deadlifts on the bench cast. So, yeah, I think that's where people fall into the trap with that one. Um, why don't we start pulling up some Instagram comments as well? All right, we're, so, we're going to need some questions. Drop your questions below. You get entered for a chance to be a friend. I have some too on the Instagram picture, too. If you go on our Instagram, I posted up the Benchcast. The Benchcast. Made by NYZ. He's very talented on the Photoshop. Uh, he does some, some podcast picks for some other, some other major podcasts out there. He's fantastic. So I dropped him uh, his Instagram in those uh, comments or my my uh, whatever you call it there. He's in there. Check that out. NYZ made a fantastic benchcast icon there. Love it, that. It's a good one. I couldn't even think of that better myself. But we have some questions or some comments in there. Why don't we go to one of those, Elvis? Let's let's take a look at that. I have some other things I want to touch on today too. So we talked about maxing out too often. All right. Um, how you can easily fall into that trap of maxing on a weekly basis. We have anything coming up here? We got Brian the Hulk Forbes. Brian Forbes. You need to ch- announce your name change from Coach Ben to Coach Yoda. Brian is one. Of, he's one <laughs> of my lifters, and he likes to call me the Yoda, the Bench Yoda, which I'm all for. I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, so I don't really get the connection as much. But um, I'm I'm willing to bet he's a Star Wars fan, so he ends up calling me Bench Yoda, and uh, but I'll stick with Coach Ben. I'll stick with Coach Ben. For, I'm not ready for that name change. I'm just saying there is no try, <laughs> there is only do, and you must take that bench for a ride. That sounds like a Yoda isk type of comment. Uh, what else we got? Anything coming up? Just Big Yoda. All right. Um, let's also go on to that Instagram post. There's actually some comments down there as well. Um, I'm going to keep us rolling here. Let's let's go into the reach out for help. All right, that's a big one. You don't think of that when you're starting out. Um, that what you might be doing is probably very shitty, and you might be that dog shitting in the woods type of sumo lifter. All right, but hey, you don't really know because you just started out lifting. You don't know what the hell to expect, and two, you don't have the body awareness. So even when you think you're doing what's correct you know you may know what's correct but you don't know what your body's doing um you know unless you film yourself too but 
Um, reaching out for help is a really big one. When did when did it finally click for you to reach out for some help? Oh man, it, it happened after my first. I got knee surgery, and right. just coming back to the gym was so hard because I was I wanted the old maxes. I wanted the old training. I wanted everything to be like it was, but it wasn't because I was deconditioned from about a month or two of not training. So who who gave you some of your first help? Well, did you reach out to a specific coach? Or did you reach out to a friend who'd been in it a little longer? Of, of course, you know, I like that. Social media, yeah. I reached out to George Lee. All right. You know, I don't know if you guys know Bible.com, but he's Baby Slayer. He has one of the best deadlifts you know, just it's above 800 now. I think he's going for an all-time world record, super heavyweight. But I reached out to him, and that, that that got me started back on the train to training consistently again. What did you do, kind of figure out a program on approach? We figured out a program on approach. I got to say, some some of it was a little silly looking back now, but, you know, whatever works, whatever works. It's more important than a program. It helped me with training consistency mm-hmm. and to be accountable to a person. I think that's huge. Yeah, accountability, that's a really big one. Um, you know, that's something I'm actually going through right now with with nutrition because that's a big, that plays a big role in your training and something starting out a lot of people don't uh, take in mind is nutrition, how much that helps you. And for me, I, you know, I know what you should be eating, right? But I just don't. And I think that's, the accountability thing, I just need someone to, um, you know, answer to and hold me in check. And that's why I've recently opted to get some nutrition help. So that's a really big one, uh, reaching out to people like that, um, getting on a program that you know has had success in the past. All right, there's people out there to help you, guide you in the right direction. All right, you're never above coaching all right, coaches need coaches too. If you're someone, a personal trainer in a gym, um, you know, we have a lot of personal trainers that come through our gym and they need coaching as well. You know, it's not that they don't know what's going on, but, you know, they need some guidance through people who have who've done it for a while and, and it really helps out. So don't be afraid to reach out for help. You know, even if it's just getting on a properly periodized program, can't believe I said that all. It's like a tongue twister. <laughs> Triple P's. I usually don't get that right. So uh, that's a really big one. Do we have any uh, anything coming nope. up here? Nothing coming up, but we still have the comments from Yeah, Graham. let's look at one of these. Who we got? We got that's Merkin Moore. Merkin Moore. Ryan Moore, he's another lifter of mine. He just had a fantastic meet uh, over in Connecticut. Bench three for three, 30-pound PR. Went Ooh. fantastic. Finally, actually realizing what stay tight means while benching and actually controlling the weight with each rep. Yeah, absolutely. Staying tight. You know, you'll hear people yell at you, stay tight, stay tight. But if you're a newer lifter, what the hell does that mean? You know, what what the hell does stay tight mean if you don't know what the hell is actually going on? Especially for a newer lifter, you get all these things thrown at you at once, you don't know where to begin. I think, you know, if you're a newer lifter and you hear stay tight, you're going to probably clench your ass. But that's not going to do nothing for you. <laughs> All right. Stay tight. Um, really, it's a combination of a lot of factors. Uh, pretty much what you're after in every lift is just total body tightness. Uh, no loose links. So a telltale sign when I see someone on the bench and they just flopping around like a fish, there's a lot of loose ends. There's a lot of movement. All right. When I want to see a nice tight bench, what I'm looking for uh, is very little movement. All right. Only movement that should be occurring is nice, smooth, 
looking momentum from the legs carrying through to the bar. If you're flopping around like a fish, I see a lot of shoulder movement. Um, that's that's a brilliant thing. Uh, staying tight. Um, that's that's a telltale sign that you're not staying tight. And um, some of the ways we can do that um, would be to bend a bar. You know, you hear that one often, but a lot of people don't think of it too often. We just kind of went through. Um, I don't have that the device with me right now, but we just kind of put out a video a week ago where uh, we talked about the bend the bar cue and what that actually looks like. And I was super surprised at how many people were bending the bar, um, you know, the wrong way. They were, you know, if you're laying down, picture yourself laying down on the bench right now, right? And they're thinking bend the bar as um, they're kind of dropping their, their pinkies down towards their side, pushing the thumbs up, and, you know, trying to bend the bar in a fashion you might see in a, a logo where the weights are bending the thing, all right? And that's not necessarily how you want to bend the bar, all right? How you want to bend the bar is, again, picture yourself laying there on the bench, all right, and taking your pinkies in more of a twisting motion, but a twisting motion that's happening via the lats, all right? And the, the pinkies are coming down, pointing towards your feet, while your thumbs are rotating towards your face. And that, my friends, is how you would like to bend the bar. And if you get that concept down, if you take one thing away from today, um, that would be it, is look at how you're bending the bar, all right? And, and make that change, because it's going to activate the hell out of your lats and it's going to keep you much tighter off the bat. Very quick cue. What would you say is one of those cues that helped you stay tight on the bench, whether it was leg drive or bending a bar or something? We, we did a video about two weeks ago about how on the bench, if someone cuts off the bottom half of the bench, oh, good one. and your, good one. your butt falls down, then you weren't tight to begin with. Absolutely. That was huge. You want your butt just grazing the bench. Yep. That was absolutely huge. Yeah, that was a game changer for a lot of people. Um, that's something I got credit to, um, you know, Blaine Sumner because that kind of got traced back to something he said, and uh, that that's a great one. So if you're setting up on the bench, right where your butt is, if you take half the bench, rip it off, saw that half the bench off. All right, there's only room for your shoulders. You're still gonna be able to do everything the exact same way. All right, kind of let that sink in for a second, right? You're going to be able to execute in the same exact way. Your butt is just hovering, so you're never really planted on the bench. So it's just three points of contact. Your feet are on your traps. Your feet are pushing you up onto your traps, all right? So, um, yeah, if you, you think of it just three points of contact there, your feet and your traps, you know, your butt's just hovering, that's a real game changer because then you learn how to actually push with your legs um, so yeah that's a great one that is a good one we got two comments from Damien the Spartan H-I-R-D Damien Hurd said thanks on the bending cue really helped me and I'm a personal trainer much appreciated yeah absolutely so no, there's another great example Damien is probably a fantastic personal trainer um, but you know he, he's someone that's going through our program now and and he's learning from other coaches as well, just like I learn from others as well. And we can all just learn from each other. You know, not one person knows everything. I'm sure I can learn a lot from Damien as well. So 
uh, being able to reach out for help uh, it doesn't mean that you're not you know smart at lifting or successful or, or you're not doing things right you know you just it's good to run ideas by other people and just continue to learn always continuing to learn Anything else popping up here? Yep, but first, if you think you know everything, you probably know very little. Yes, that's a good one. That's a good, you know who said that? You're just pulling that out of your ass. Ah, that's my (laughs) old high school teacher. That goes way back. I think he stole that one, though. Most likely. (laughs) (laughs) We got one from Steel 56 Oh, wow, I've been bending the bar wrong this whole time. Yeah, man, a lot of people have. Uh, You're not alone there. You're not alone there. We got uh, tremendous feedback from that video. Um, we're actually coming out with a product. Um, it's a torque bar, all right? And, and that thing, we're going to get ready to you know, be able to get it out to people soon here. Uh, and that's going to be a complete game changer. Right? It's going to help uh, lifters across all different disciplines. And you're going to learn how to create tightness, not only on the bench, but... There's going to be a ways to use it to create tightness in your squat and your deadlift, to use it as a mobility tool, to use it as a tool for Olympic lifting. Uh, there's going to be a lot of fantastic uses for this bar, which I'm very excited to unveil to you guys soon. So stay tuned for that one. We got something else coming up. Yep, Albert Chris. Albert Chris, we'll go with that. Yep, might as well. Would you drive your legs harder on the way up or maximum force throughout the press? All right, so... Um, I'm going to answer this simply. A lot of people, you'll see how they'll come down to their chest, and then you see their legs really kick in. All right. And that ends up turning you more into a momentum-based lift. And what I mean by that is you're relying on getting a quick pop. So your chest is never elevated as high as it could be. You know, you're letting that bar probably sink into your chest a little bit, and then you're relying on a quick pop from your legs to get your chest up. And that's going to give you a boost through the first about inch or two of the range of motion. All right, But you're not actually applying 100% strength yourself. Um, you're getting a little boost from that momentum. Uh, what I'd like to see, especially in training, guys, when you're supposed to be getting stronger any way you can and not rely on things like that, um, is total control. So I, I have my lifters barely touch chest, not give a lot of bar into their chest, all right, and they keep leg drive the whole time. Even during the setup process, obviously you can't push yourself off the bench when you only have the bar in your hands. Um, but you know, getting enough leg drive there. Now, once that bar comes out, you're meeting it hard with the legs. You are meeting it very hard with the legs, and you're continuing to do that throughout the entire set. All right. Uh, let's get back on the, on the topic here. Some of the things uh, that you know, mistakes that we've made um, that we can learn from. Just want to say, if you're on Instagram Live, just throw in your biggest mistake and enter to win a free lanyard. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, um, definitely post down below in the comments. All right, uh, leave a review of the podcast. This is our first episode, guys. I'm super pumped to bring the bench cast to you, Coach Ben here with Elvis, um, sitting here on our benches. Yeah, we are. If you're watching on YouTube, guys, listening and everything, we are sitting on the bench. All right, I'm not bullshitting. All right. I didn't break out chairs. I was thinking, hey, should I break out chairs for this? And then I'm thinking, no, because this is the bench cast. And I'm sitting on a competition bench made by Texas Strength Systems. All right, Elvis is sitting on a bench pad made by Texas Strength Systems. All right, go check those guys out. They make a fantastic bench. Um, So, yeah, we are sitting on benches. 
So I'll, I'll go down into another one here. I just have a few, but I don't want to have this run on. We can always make another podcast. It's going to be awesome, so make sure you check that out next Make sure week. to subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe there. to the podcast. All right, then you will know when the next one's up for your morning commute. And if uh, you really love this podcast, find a way to let me know, and maybe I'll make some more of them. Who knows? <laughs> All right? So taking warm-up seriously, that's something. I'll touch on that real quick. Um, taking warm-up seriously in the fact that I see people lay down on the bench with an empty bar, and they move it slow as shit. All right? They are doing absolutely nothing. All right? They're kind of greasing the groove in a very slow pattern. Get something out of the empty bar, guys. All right, what I'll do, because if I'm going to apply full leg drive to an empty bar, I'm going to fly off the end of the bench. But I'm going to first feet up. I'm going to grease the groove. Probably about 20 explosive reps feet up. All right? Hitting the same spot every time, same bar path. And then from there, I'm going to go through full setup. All right? And I'm going to apply 100% leg drive. And I will press that bar, and I will be, you know, my head is completely off the bench. I'm totally thrown into the back wall. All right, so I can only do one rep, but I'm treating that like a max effort lift. I treat the bar like it's 100% max effort on the bar. That's how you'll get more out of your warm-ups. Same with a plate. Don't dog it on a plate. Give it 100%. All right, you'll get a little boost out of that. You ever hear of speed work? Well, essentially, you know, your warm-ups are becoming speed work. You're getting a lot more out of it. And I tell you, if you do this, other people aren't doing that. So if you do this for every single bench session you have, you know, that's going to add up, guys. That's going to add up. What I want to add on is that I heard this one from Brandon Lilly. He always said, treat your warm-ups as your maxes. But he had yeah. a specific reason for it. Everyone knows it takes like 10,000 repetitions to become an expert at anything. You can add in those warm-ups. They're, they're extra repetitions. Practice yes. is a skill. Weightlifting is a skill. Powerlifting is a skill. Yeah, absolutely. Just greasing that groove, as you'd say. Uh, I've seen people do you know, 100 reps with an empty bar, you know, and it's not fatiguing, guys, but it's allowing your body to go through that movement pattern. It's like riding a bike. You don't always have to ride a bike 100% uphill, but just doing it gets you better at riding a bike. Same type of thing with benching. All right, so I'll, I'll go on to the next one, and we're probably going to uh, to leave it there unless we got some questions rolling in here. Alright, but um, I'm going to talk about writing things down, how critical this is, and just how big of a difference it makes with the intensity you bring to training, writing things down. So, let's approach it as, you know, I'll, I'll give you know my story right now. I kind of got away from, from being good at writing things down, what I was doing, and having a plan written down. You know, I kind of had a plan from previous training cycles, but I didn't have anything written on paper. When something gets written on paper, um, all of a sudden things change. Whether it's your goals, whether it's the program you're doing, you know, whether you're writing down numbers you did the session, things just become kind of more real, more surreal. Uh, put it in a place you see every day. So I just started writing out my program for this upcoming meet in July. All right, I really want to do good. I'm getting nutrition help, um, and I haven't had a written program in front of me in a while. So uh, just this week, wow just the difference it made in my intensity and just my approach like before I'd be like I'd have an idea of what I want to do for the day but I would kind of um, be like oh you know maybe I can do that later and it was kind of I wasn't adhering to it as well and now that I have things on the paper I wake up 
knowing what the hell the day's about, you know, I have to get this work in today, and I'm going to find a way to do it, and I'm going to bring it. I'm going to kill it. Five by five, I'm going to freaking kill it. Much weight as I can do, rest, hit it again. Um, so I, I prioritized OHP earlier in the week, something I need to bring up, and uh, I think, you know, I hit a five rep max PR, like five separate occasions that day, because I was just into it. Uh, I had it written down, and I wanted to kill it. So, you know, just having that in front of you, having your goals in front of you, it's crazy how when I write down my goals, I post them up on a fridge or something I see every day, because I'm always eating, damn it, and uh, <laughs> always eating, but I see those goals every day, and then, you know, I, I slowly watch how they come to fruition. You know, I might be very far from them, but when I see them every day, and it's not even like I'm making, now I am making an effort, but not like a conscious effort to, to do anything in particular, but it just kind of happens. And it's just, it's a really weird thing. And if you don't write them down, you don't get the same effect. Do you get that, Ellis? 100%. I feel like I lose focus on what's important throughout the day. Uh-huh. Even if it's just from organization to actual training. Yeah, totally. It's huge. Yeah, having everything written down is a big, big deal. So, you know, you're never above a training journal, guys. And if you don't have a program, you know, if you're just trying to go through it in your head, I'm telling you, write it down, however long the training cycle is, 12 weeks, whatever, get it down on paper, know what you want to do. Uh, it just it raises the intensity level 110%, telling you. Especially goals. Make sure goals are written down. Alright? Um, do we have any questions popping in from Instagram? No questions, no nothing, but I want to say a goal without a plan or any action is just a dream. That's true. Elvis is full of quotes today. I'm, I'm on he's top got, of it. He, he's got everything. <laughs> I think we're just going to do a podcast where Elvis just brings his best quotes and we shoot the shit about that shit. Alright guys, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. This is the first episode of the Benchcast with Coach Ben and Elvis. And you know where you can find us. You can meet us here on this Bench Weekly podcast episodes, Benchcast. Please do us a favor. Go over to wherever you're watching this. Give us a five-star review. and Please subscribe and find ways. I don't care if it's Instagram, Facebook, whatever you want to do. Let me know how you like the first episode, all right? And if there's a great response, people are into this, the Benchcast for Coach Ben and Elvis. We will make more of them, all right? We will bring you what you want to hear. So hopefully, we went, we dropped a lot of knowledge bombs today, Elvis. That was huge. And got, a lot of inspirational quotes. Got a lot of love from Instagram. Got a lot of love from the Instagram watching the Benchcast of Coach Ben and Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. All right, later, Instagram. Thank you for tuning in. We will see you next time.